Happy Thursday, everybody. Welcome to the Unseminary Podcast. You know, one of the best times of year to start an all-church series is the Sunday right after Easter. The team at Red Letter Challenge have become the 40-day church series experts. They've created not only a 40-day church series, but offer these unique daily challenges for everyone in your church to complete. It's a fun and amazing time, and people make huge steps towards Jesus. So listen, they have two 40-day challenges ready to go. Their original called the Red Letter Challenge, which is really uh, has helped people become greater followers of Jesus by hearing and doing the words of Jesus. Their brand new one, it's called Being Challenge, which will help people grow in their relationship with God by practicing the habits of Jesus. Both challenges have seen insane growth in small groups, unity in a distance time like we're in right now, like never before. And if you're a little bit tired after a year of leading through a pandemic with Easter coming up, great news. It's completely turn key. It's amazing. The next wave of churches is launching on April 11th, and they'd love to have your church join. Just for being friends, if you're a pastor and haven't seen this yet, they'll mail you a free workbook, no strings attached. It's pretty amazing. Uh, plus, they're going to offer between 10 to 40% off church-wide discount packages already. So they've got a ton of discounts ready to go to offer to your church. But if you mention my name, just Rich, and email hello at redletterchallenge.com. That's Rich to hello at redletterchallenge.com to lock in a challenge that starts on April 11th by the in the next week or so. So reach out to them before March uh, 11th. You'll get an extra 100 to $500 off the already discounted uh, rate. It's really amazing. So listen, go to www.redletterchallenge.com forward slash church or email hello at redletterchallenge.com for the discounts. All right, let's jump into today's episode. Welcome to the Unseminary Podcast. Are you looking for practical ministry help to drive your ministry further, faster? Have a sinking feeling that your ministry training didn't prepare you for the real world? Hey, you're not alone. Join thousands of others in pursuit of stuff that we wish they had taught in seminary. Buckle up and let's get started with this week's Unseminary Podcast. Well, hey, everybody. Welcome to the Unseminary Podcast. So glad that you have tuned in today. You know, every week on the show, we try to bring you a church leader that will both inspire and equip you. And today is absolutely no exception to that. Super excited to have Michelle Lichty with us. Uh, she's a church leader at Covenant Church, a fantastic church in Indiana. Uh, Michelle, welcome to the show. So glad you're here. Well, thank you, Rich. I'm really pleased to be here today. Why don't we start with you telling us a little bit about Covenant, kind of the give us a, uh, a flavor of the church, and then talk about your, your piece of the puzzle, how you fit into Covenant. Yeah, so Covenant Church is an evangelical Presbyterian church in West Lafayette, Indiana. So we are very close to Purdue University. We have a lot of professors and, um, and then just really people from the community as well. So we're a church of about um, 800 ish, mm-hmm. uh, depending on the Sunday. It's hard to know. This post-COVID, yes. it's hard to know. It somewhere really is. Yeah, somewhere yeah, around exactly. 800, we think. Yes. And, yeah. um, and I'm, my job is the communication director. Yep. So I sit on the executive team, um, and then I'm in charge of all things communication, um, you know, social media, website, e-news, um, you know, you name it, it's mine. <laughs> 
Yeah, that's fantastic. Well, no doubt in, uh, you know, really since post COVID or really when since COVID hit, no doubt your the demands on your role have just increased, you, you know, you've become um, even more uh, in demand. And, you know, I just thank you for that. Thank you for what you're doing at the church. That's, uh, that's amazing. Actually, for um, longtime listeners, it was actually at an evangelical Presbyterian church that my church, that my family really got connected to Jesus, that it was really, mm. that was the church that, that God used in our lives so many years ago. It was, I've often joked because I've spent most of my ministry career in, um, I don't know what you'd call, um, you know, just, you, you know, uh, mostly non-denominational churches. Right. That's where I've mostly worked, but I've often thought it's strange because my, my parents back in the day would have never gone to a church that I've worked in, <laughs> but they, but it sounded like Presbyterian. They're like, that sounds like a normal church. We'll go there. <laughs> Uh, which is so great. So Michelle, yeah. one of the things that we talked about before uh, we we jumped on here was really just this whole area of how do we manage balancing out our personal lives, kind of what's going on at home with our ministry life and how, wh- why don't we talk a little bit about your, first we'll start like on the pain side, like how has that been maybe tough for you in your ministry? There's so much to, to, to balance out, to try to make all that work. Uh, talk us through what that's been like for you. Yeah. You know, it's interesting. I was sitting at the executive team um, early in January and we were just talking about how COVID had really affected us. And mm. as um, you know, I'm the only woman on a team of six, seven, okay. six other guys and me. And I, as we're going around the circle, I realized I was the only one who mm. talked about managing my house and what a burden that was hmm. um, in this season. Yeah. And I just, I thought, you know, I, you know, so it's like, it's just a part of, of who I am. Mm-hmm. And so um, I think it's, it, <sighs> One of the things that drives me crazy is to be so focused at work and thinking about work, work, work. And then <laughs> I have to shift gears and come yes. home and be like, shoot, <laughs> what are we having for dinner? Yes. Do you exactly. have the clean clothes for your concert? Do you, you know, like just going th- running through the list in my mind mm-hmm. and like Absolutely. feeling panicky. Like I've been panicky at work all day. I don't want to come home and be panicky at home too. Right. And so um, that's why I created this system. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I'd, I think you've provided a really great way for us to think through and wrestle through uh, how do we kind of balance those two out. Why don't we start start through that? When you thought about, okay, I need to come up with a way to deal with the pressure, where did you start? So I started with reflecting. So I was reflecting on what drives me crazy. Like, mm. what is my biggest pain point at home? And for me, it was meals. You know, for some people, it's laundry. For some people, it's like the maintenance of like getting the oil changed on the car or mm-hmm. the yard mode or something. You know, everybody has a different pain point. Yeah. For me, it was meals. Like, oh, I just, oh my gosh, you really have to eat again? <laughs> right. <laughs> They're back for more food. Didn't we just eat? <laughs> yes, absolutely. Absolutely. And so that's kind of where I started. Like, okay, that is where I have f- faced the most irritation. That's where my sin nature comes out the most. Where That's where I snap at the kids the most. I snap at and, my husband. And so, and so is it the food piece? Is that that you've mentioned it? So I'm yeah, assuming that's, that's where well, it is. Well, for yeah. me, yeah, it is. Yeah. And so what I did is I've said, okay, that's my pain point. So mm-hmm. how can I manage this so that mm. I can not have to think about it right. at that moment cool. where I'm at my worst? 
Yeah, that's very cool. I like, you know, even in my own marriage with my wife, I, uh, one of the, one of the, <laughs> I would say it's been, so we've been married 24 years and Ooh. one of the, um, interesting on that particular issue over the last couple decades is, um, my wife, I think felt early on in our marriage, felt a lot of pressure around the food thing. But then I realized actually, I actually really enjoy cooking. I actually find it at the end of a long day. I actually find it relaxing where she more like what you were saying. It was like the opposite of that. And so I've over the years, I've actually just done more of that, but it's, it's interesting how, you know, we can look at that kind of task and have just completely opposite responses, uh, to it. So, yeah. So first yeah. step was kind of reflect, figure out what exactly. that tension point is and then right. where do we go? And then, and then document. So write down, like, what is the current process? Either write it down or I have ideas of what can I do differently? Um, mm. You know, because sometimes we can look at what we're doing and think I'm such a failure, right? Especially mm. compared to work, right? right? At work, we have all, we get, you know, all this feedback. Um, you're doing this great. You're doing this great. And at home, the kids are like, I don't care who you are. <laughs> So true. That is so <laughs> like, true. I don't want to pick up my stuff. Like you dropped yes. it there. Just pick it up. Yes. Um, so so it's easy to um, it's easy to think I'm failing at home because I'm mm. not getting the same kind of feedback that I am mm. at work. And so when we document our processes that we that are already in place, because these things are already happening. Mm -hmm. So how are they getting done? And then once we once we've documented that, then we can brainstorm, you know, we can mm -hmm. experiment about, uh, you know, what could we do better? Mm -hmm. um, you know, so, and, and just one thing at a time. Yes. Too. Well, I love that idea of documenting even, so that's the kind of thing we would do in our work life all the time, right? Like, mm -hmm. okay, how do we, let's pull apart a system, figure out what we're doing today. Let's first start with what are we actually doing? And it's amazing. I, I can imagine how even just in this kind of task, writing down, okay, these are the steps by which food gets on the table or that maybe more pointedly that the kids don't starve. Um, <laughs> you know, uh, what, by kind of what steps do we go through to make those happen? And I would imagine even in that process, you'd start to see, oh, here are some things we could change. Here's some things we could do different. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Exactly. Like, you know, if you're always scrambling at the last minute and that drives you crazy, you know, some that doesn't drive everybody crazy. Right. <laughs> Somebody's right. thinking, well, I don't mind that. Yes. But if it doesn't, if it drives you crazy, then make a plan, like set aside some time one evening or on a weekend to, to make a plan for your week mm -hmm. and then make your grocery list. Like, so there's just so much, so many steps involved. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, make a plan, then make your grocery list, then do the grocery shopping and document mm -hmm. your plan. Like that's the, one of the things that drove me crazy is the kids would be like, so what's for dinner? I'd walk in the door. What's for dinner? And I'm like, yes, I don't know. Yes. So I literally, food. Print, <laughs> it's, it's food. You're going to yes. eat. You will not starve. <laughs> yes. Yes. So I literally printed out a calendar for every mm -hmm. month. And I still do this. My kids are 22 21, 19, and 17. And I nice. still do this. <laughs> Great. Post it on the refrigerator and the menu for the week is on there. Wow. How far out are you planning that? Is that like a week out, two weeks out? What does that look like? Oh, it's just one week. One, one week. week at kind a of time. this coming week. This yeah, coming week, this is, this is what yeah. it looks like. 
Great. And it's kind of based on our schedule. You know, like if I have something going on in the evening, maybe I need to put something in the crock pot or, mm-hmm. you know, so it just, it's just based on our schedule for that week. Or if, if the gluten-free child is not home for that night, then I know I can make a gluten-full meal. <laughs> then yes, extra gluten on that night. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> That's cool. And, I love that. Yeah. So then, so then I'm never asked the question, what's for dinner? Right. Because they know exactly where to find the menu. Very cool. Now you had talked, you had mentioned there, Hey, maybe you then try to experiment or try something Mm -hmm. different. What has that looked like in this area for you? Well, you know, (laughs) with COVID, Mm -hmm. you know, my college kids came home and kind of stayed. Right. Yes. Yes. Mine did as well. My, my daughter who's in second year, same, which I loved. I thought that was great just in case she happens to be listening, but yeah, it was, it was great, but it's a change, right? You're like, Oh, you're supposed to be somewhere else. Yeah. It's (laughs) a huge change. And yes, I loved having everybody there and, and I loved having the, the, um, the schedule completely free. Mm -hmm. Um, but my job at the very beginning, especially my job was just like, I was swamped just mm-hmm. trying to get information out to people, trying to make mm-hmm. sure everybody knew where, where to go for the services, for information, making sure the website was updated, you know, all of this. And so um, I was feeling really burned out with mm-hmm. between work and then making sure everybody's eating and all this other stuff. And so I thought, <laughs> my kids are older. So I made a plan and I said, all right, guys, you guys, everybody takes a, a night Mm-hmm. And you guys are making dinner. Right. Pass it around. Pass it around. And so everybody took a night. Everybody was in charge of a night. And I still planned the meals because we still needed a grocery list. Mm-hmm. Um, but the meal in the morning before I went to work in my bedroom, right? Um, before yes. I went to work. Before, before commuting. <laughs> before commuting to the bedroom, to my office. I, I would lay out the, the recipe. I would lay out any ingredients I thought they would have a hard time finding. And I would say, so-and-so, there's the meal for tonight. We are eating at this time. Plan for an hour, maybe an hour and a half, depending on how efficient you are. Mm-hmm. And and you don't you shouldn't need anything else from me. They, they're old enough. They can read and they can, you know. They can manage. Now, one of my children asks a thousand and one questions. It's like, <laughs> nice. seriously. <laughs> yeah, that's cool. That's cool. But, yeah. I so love that. that. And cool. so that that's helped. Obviously, that's lifted some of that mm-hmm. uh, that burden. E- even if it's, I can imagine, if it's just a couple nights a week, that, that makes a huge difference. Oh, a huge difference. Yeah, it really freed up. And, and so then when I was done working, then it was like, oh, I could go take a walk and clear my head before I came back and interacted with the kids. So I wasn't coming from the overwhelmed part of me to the, you know, to snap at the kids. I could just be like, okay, I'm going on a walk. Nobody talked to me. Then I'm coming back and I can engage. Right. Very cool. Uh, so any other steps? So you've you kind of, you pass on to them, you've experimented, you've figured out, oh, I got to put stuff out. I've got to, anything else we should be thinking about on, on, on helping to kind of relieve some of that pressure? <laughs> well, you know, if you're thinking in other areas of your life, right? So your experiments could be different. Like what, one of my girlfriends, she makes one meal for her family and she makes enough for two nights. And so they mm. eat the same thing two nights in a row. Right. And what, you know, about 10 years ago, I thought, Oh, what a great idea. And so I tried that. 
And nobody was happy to eat the same thing two nights in a row. You didn't get good reviews on that. <laughs> I, got, I got bad reviews. <laughs> That's funny. Love it. They were like, don't do this again, mom. Yes. Just, just no, just no. And I was like, okay, then. So that experiment failed. An experiment is an experiment. And you can try all sorts of different things. It's like trying a new recipe. If it doesn't work, you don't make it again. Mm-hmm. You know, and you know, so if you're if you're finding a new rhythm for for laundry, you just have to experiment with that, mm-hmm. and until until you find something that works. Mm-hmm. And so, um, you know, the other thing about experimenting is don't be afraid to brainstorm. Ask people how they solve this issue because this is these are universal things. Like this, mm-hmm. everybody has to run a house. Yes. And yes. so everybody has a different solution and maybe somebody has a solution that you've never thought of before. Yeah, I love that. That's a great, uh, that's a good universal advice, but even in this, particularly in this area, right? To understand, even I know as I've brought on new staff um, to talk through some of the like pacing in ministry world is different because, you know, a lot, particularly I found people who have come in from the marketplace, mm-hmm. which I think actually mm-hmm. is your, your background. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there is that there, there, the boundaries on time are a lot more fuzzy, even in healthy church environments. Like it's, mm-hmm. you know, there, there are more evenings and weekends, obviously by definition of what we do and talking that through and actually getting really practical with our teams around, Hey, this is exactly how we're expecting, you know, what that could look like. And no, you don't have to work seven days a week. Like we're not asking that from you, but it can kind of naturally default into that. If we mm-hmm. don't actually just talk with someone, how do you, um, you know, how do you measure that? I don't know early in my ministry career, I had a friend of mine who, and I realized there's some church leaders are going to hear this and you're like, that's crazy. I could never do that. But they, they pace their life to say they're only going to be out one evening a week. They said, well, I'm, that is it. Like, I'm only mm-hmm. going to do one evening a week. And uh, back when we remember used to meet people and stuff like in face to face. And, uh, yeah, and that always stuck with me. I was always like, oh, that's interesting. Right. Like that's a, a there's, it's good to actually work out what's, what are some of those boundaries and just be mm-hmm. really practical about it for sure. Mm-hmm. Right. Absolutely. And, and we have to have those kind of boundaries because without them, then we're sacrificing our families on the altar of ministry. And that is not good for anyone. No, no, absolutely. That is not good for anyone. Well, we've been talking about managing change uh, really on the home front and trying to figure out, okay, things are new, things are different. I'm sure, um, you know, you're, and just this, because of the season we find ourselves in, seems like we're all into active change management consistently. Mm-hmm. What are you kind of learning on that front as we think about how we manage really the pain and the, there's just all the negative stuff around change. Nobody likes to change. Everyone wants to be different. No one wants to change. That mm. seems to be the, you know, the, the mantra of, mm. of how we live. But what are you learning on that front? And this could be on, per, on personal you know, home front or on the church side. What are you thinking yeah. on, that, on that front these days? Well, you know, that's interesting that you said that nobody likes to change. I, I've been thinking about this, and I think that really change isn't the hard thing. It's the transition. Mm. I heard that oh, on, a, on a podcast with Patrick Lencioni recently, and and that just really stuck in my head because I realized that is very true of me. Like mm. when I took this job, I had to move states and I had to move my children into mm. different schools, and um, you know, my obviously my husband had to move and start working from home, and mm-hmm. you know, so there was it was a lot of so the change was good mm-hmm. because I was I was getting a new job that I was really excited about. 
But the mm. transition was mm. so hard. It was right. so hard. And I, I wish I had had just even that sentence to help mm. me to <laughs> process it. Yeah, give process it, it and yeah, to be yeah, able absolutely. to grieve what I left behind so that I could really enter into what I was coming into. Because change equals loss, right? And that is what is hard. It's the losing, it's, it's what we've lost. It's hard to lose stuff or to lose people or to lose our rhythms or our systems or our, what's comfortable and what's known. Mm-hmm. You know, and that, we've all experienced that with COVID. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. What, now, when you think about how, how even in that transition of the move um, or the transition of just this last year, you know, just all the changes that have, that have mm-hmm. come about, how, um, you know, have there been a couple of those um, kind of practices that you have found to help with that transition piece that have, you know, helped make the transition better um, for mm-hmm. you? Mm-hmm. You know, what was helpful for us is that um, we maintained our our family systems mm. in the midst mm-hmm. of the transition, right. right? So we didn't move and say, okay, kids, now you've got to start helping us with the housework. You've got to stop, start helping mom with the housework. You've got to start um, mm. helping with, you know, this or that or whatever around the house. Mm-hmm. Um, so we, we maintained our family systems, even though, you know, the first year we were here, two of our kids stayed in Illinois and two of our kids were with us here in Indiana. Mm-hmm. And so like we were down like two thirds of our family. Right, <laughs> it's very right, yeah. odd. <laughs> right. That is odd. Yeah, absolutely. So we had to revamp the system a little bit, but, um, but we did that. And because we had that system in place, you know, the chore system, the kitchen chore system, um, then when the, when the other two kids joined us, it was like, okay, now we're just going back to our old, same old system, mm, which, cool. which did help with the transition because that wasn't a question of, well, why do I have to help now? Oh, well, why do we have to do this? And so when I said, oh, by the way, guys, you're all making a dinner, it was, there wasn't a whole heck of a lot of pushback. <laughs> right, right. Because it was normal. It was what had, yeah, had happened right. in the past. Hm. Yeah. yeah, that's cool. Yeah. Well, that's super helpful. I, I know with my own kids, one of the things we did, um, oh gosh, they were probably like 12, maybe 11 um, mm-hmm. when we started them doing their own laundry, which was same kind of thing. It's like you're, I, I have found it's like one of those silly things as you get older, you start sounding like people who are older. And I realized, <laughs> oh gosh, like actually our kids can do this. Like mm-hmm. there's no reason why we like you're saying, you know, the, the meal experience, but there could be other things around the house. You might be listening and say, no, actually I don't mind teaching or I don't mind cooking. Um, but you know, maybe there's other things that, Hey, we want to pass that off and, you know, get your kids engaged and it becomes actually a part of them growing right. up. It becomes a part of them, uh, ultimately, uh, you know, becoming independent and, you know, and going out on their adults. Own. Yeah. That's what we right? want. I mean, we that's don't what... want them to be dependent right. on us. That is the goal. I mean, yes. you know, I started my oldest making breakfast for the family three mornings a week when he was six. Right. That's cool. He was six years old and he was making oatmeal on a gas stove. And, you know, so did I, did I just throw him in the kitchen and let him do that? No, I taught him. It was like a three week process of teaching him every time. This is how we do it. This is how we handle the gas stove. This is how we turn it on. This is how we turn it off. This is, you know, right. 
three weeks, but then that was eight years of him making breakfast for himself and his siblings three mornings right. a week. Very cool. And, and so I think a lot of times there's a couple of reasons why we don't involve our kids in household work. One is because of the pain of teaching. It mm. takes time. Mm. It takes energy. And it's a heck of a lot easier to do it ourselves. Mm-hmm. I recognize that. Mm-hmm. However, when we take the time and teach them, then we don't have to do it. And that's yes. so nice. Absolutely. And then the other thing is that we think that we're, they're incapable. <laughs> and the reality is, like, they're perfectly capable. Absolutely. And, and they're probably capable at a much younger age than we really think they are. Yes. It's so true. You know, I know um, I, we're quite involved with a, a Christian camp. And mm-hmm. um, one of the things that's it, it just a part of the way we run um, is every summer we'll have uh, young leaders come, young 13, 14 year olds, and they actually do all of the like clean the dishes, do mm-hmm. all of the kind of stuff in the mm-hmm. uh, in the dining hall and are without this, except every, basically everything that's not cooking food. And uh, oftentimes we'll hear from parents, they'll joke and they'll say, I can't get my kids to clean dishes at home. Well, how could you do that here? And it's not just a few dishes. It's like 400 dishes, you know, 400 place settings, every single meal. And I'm like, well, I don't know. something different about the air up here, I guess, you know, kids are more (laughs) willing to do stuff, but it does show that kids will, uh, will lean in and, and make it happen. What, Mm -hmm. with your, with your husband, um, how do you, how have you negotiated some of those um, you know, just trying to divide up all this kind of work and stuff around house before. Is there anything that kind of relates to that topic? I was thinking as we were rolling through, how has that worked? Is there any, any kind of lessons to shed on that, li- on that side? Yeah. You know, um, my husband is a night owl and I am an early morning person. Okay. Nice. And <laughs> Fun. yeah, I know opposites tracked, right? And so, <laughs> and our kids were all early morning risers. Mm. And so the the way we have kind of negotiated this is that I'm the, I'm up in the morning I'm I'm with the kids in the morning I'm available before school starts, mm. um, and he is available in the evenings, okay. and so um, you know so when the kids come home you know like after dinner basically I'm kind of check out like right. do you have mom can I do this mom can we do this mom mom go mom talk to your like dad. no go talk to your dad <laughs> yeah exactly and so that is. Um, that is one thing that we have done. Um, another thing is, is that I've asked him more to, well, <laughs> I'm blessed. He loves to grocery shop. Nice. So I just make the list. Sometimes we go together. Sometimes he takes one of the kids. Sometimes he goes by himself. I don't have to do the grocery shopping if I don't want to. Um, so that is nice. <laughs> mm, nice. Um, Very cool. Yeah. And then um, I, and I did, you know, when, when the kids, when I said to the kids, you need to make a meal, I included him in that too. <laughs> <laughs> nice. You know, yeah, like, yeah, that's fun. We make, we make meals six days a week. Sundays, I don't cook. Nobody cooks. We just eat leftovers or cereal. And um, so six days a week, six people in the house, everybody gets a night. <laughs> right. Nice. Very so, cool. Yeah. That Good. worked out well. Well, this has been super helpful. I really appreciate you uh, leaning in and helping us. I think super practical for folks that are, are, um, leading, particularly in the church world, I think this is one of those areas where, um, you know, we just say to people, don't be burnt out, but then we don't give them practical guidance. And what I've loved here is, is I think you provided a really great, simple framework people to understand and take a step forward on. Is there anything else, Michelle, you'd like to share uh, just as we wrap up today's episode? 
Well, I think the last thing I want to say is just to remember that different seasons of life call for different rhythms at home. Mm-hmm. You know, so, so if you are a newly married couple, you're going to have very different rhythms than, you know, empty nester couple mm-hmm. or couple with um, with with littles or teenagers or elementary school kids. Or if you're single, you know, these this process works for everyone. And mm-hmm. so, um, you know, as a single person, the household running of a household it, it lands on you completely. And so that can feel overwhelming. Mm-hmm. And so I would encourage anyone to just think through this and, and figure out the pain point and just choose one thing to change at a time. Love it. So good. Well, appreciate you being on the show today, Michelle. If people want to track with you or with the church, where do we want to send them online uh, to just connect? Mm-hmm. So the church website is Covenant C. O-V-E-N-A-N-T-E-P-C dot O-R-G. <laughs> That's a lot of initials. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Great. I really appreciate you being here today. Thank you so much. Oh, thank you for having me. Thank you for tuning in to this week's Unseminary podcast. Don't be shy. We'd love to connect. Check out Unseminary Inbox. You can sign up at unseminary.com and we'll send you helpful training resources every week. Plus, you'll gain immediate access to our exclusive members area with tons of resources you can use. Connect with Rich on Twitter at Rich Birch or through email rich at unseminary.com Don't forget to check out the show notes for this episode at unseminary.com It includes links to what we talked about today and more. Leave a comment. We'd love to hear from you. Did you enjoy today's episode? Drop by iTunes and leave a review. Thanks again for tuning in to this week's Unseminary podcast. Join us next week when we'll learn more stuff we wish they taught in seminary. <laughs>